Mind Over Matters is intended for small business owners who are open to new ideas for improving their businesses. The mind or mindset is usually the single biggest factor that determines the success or otherwise of a business. It is the first thing to work on. Next comes the matters of the business. Strategy, accountability, implementation and getting a full order book. Plus all things small business besides. If you learn just one new thing that gives you pause, then I have achieved my objective. Good morning, everyone. It's Peter Crew Brown here. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Over Matters podcast with Peter Crew Brown. The topic for today is managing your is managing the uncomfortable with Dee Coxon who is the founder of MenoCourse, a non-intrusive, non-intimate online training tool that makes it easier for organizations to create a menopause-friendly workplace. In other words, explains Dee, MenoCourse is a workplace solution, not a medical diagnosis. So just briefly about our guest for today, a little bit more about Dee. Having navigated an early menopause, Dee has first-hand experience of the journey. Being self-employed, she was able to manage this, sorry, she was able to manage her symptoms and take control of a professional life in a way that worked for her. It was only in talking to other women at networking events that she realized it wasn't just uh, it wasn't the same for them and for those uh, who were contracted to organizations uh, and their obligations. Their journey was entirely different and not for the better. With a master's degree in workplace management, Dee put on her research hat and set out to discover why these women weren't being supported at work. So a bit more about today's podcast. From her research, Dee discussed, sorry, Dee discovered that there was a huge uh, disconnect between menopause training for women and menopause training for managers. And because they are two entirely different things, being managed as one, this is where the problem starts. This means that in a workplace environment, managers are just as unsupported as those they are required to support. This is obviously a big problem. Uh, the result being a lose-lose situation and one that Dee was determined to remedy. This will be the focus of the podcast discussion today. So Dee, if you wouldn't mind, please share with the audience who, sorry, what makes you tick and who in the community do you serve? Hello, Peter. It's great to be here. Um, at the moment, Peter, the honest answer to what makes me tick is my focus has shifted a, a little bit um, and my day to day ticking over is more focused on getting through this pandemic, uh, which has changed so many things and where before the focus was very much on the business. Uh, the focus is more on family safety 
And there's a line from an old film, Gone with the Wind, that says, tomorrow is another day. And I just yes. keep saying that to myself to get through it because there are so many changes at home, at work, you know, outside in the business. There have been big changes for everyone. Um, you know, offices have closed, as we all know, agendas have changed, priorities have changed. Um, and in terms of the work I do, uh, with menopause training. Um, in England, we were about three years ahead of the rest of the Western world in terms of what we'd managed to achieve. And that sort of froze for a while through this pandemic and it, it dropped down on the list of priorities while people were fighting fires and doing what they had to do. But now that we're coming out of lockdown and yeah. things are getting bit more back to normal then the focus is refocusing back onto the menopause uh, not least because now that we've been through the pandemic and there's so much around mental health and well-being um, you know because employees are looking to their leaders to help them more with their mental and financial health yeah. then menopause training very much comes into that because it ticks all of the mental health boxes and it does have a huge financial impact as well not only for the employee but for the business so I'm very hopeful that because employees are looking for this organizations will add menopause training into their box of training tools as it were going forward so that's my main focus to make sure that that stays up there. So if anything, the work you do has become more relevant since COVID. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Maybe not in an obvious way, um, yeah. but because mental health is so much on the agenda now, um, yeah. and it's you know it's not just being looked at as an umbrella now. We're looking at the different areas of mental health that are being affected, and of yeah. course, menopause it impacts both mental and physical health. So there's a need to concentrate on that area. Okay. And then I think who in the community you serve is fairly obvious. It's obviously women of a certain age. Um, well, not exactly, Peter. And it's great that you've said that because that's a misconception about what I do, because while ultimately my work does support women going through the menopause, the people I work with are the managers, the okay. ones who you need and deserve the training so that they can support those women. So indirectly, I support those women, but directly, I support managers. Okay. Most of and those managers could be of any gender. Oh, absolutely. And oh, any okay. age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for clearing up my misconception there. Um, <laughs> so the having, um, I guess, got through the introductions, um, I'd really like to dig into the questions that we've um, discussed in the uh, lead up to this session. Um, the first question is, I know that there are many approaches to the subject of managing menopause in the workplace. Uh, what's your specific approach? Okay, so in my case, I make it easy for people managers at every level to understand the impact of menopause on the workplace, the business, and its people without the intrusion and the intimate detail and complex biology of menopause. And by teaching them how to provide the right support to the right people in the right context at the right time, then that gives them the tools and confidence um, where they can uh, enhance company reputation, enhance staff retention, employee well-being, and it's all done online uh, through my exclusive program. There's a reason it's online, and we'll get to that in your next questions. Sure. 
Excellent. No, I really appreciate that. Um, I guess the next question is uh, many people think they are in control of managing menopause in the workplace. How do you approach the delicate subject that you know it uh, uh, when you know that it needs discussion? Okay, so the first thing I do right out the gate is make sure that people know that there is not going to be a conversation around the female form or about intimate, uncomfortable biology lessons. And once they know that, they become more open to the conversation, bearing in mind the people I speak to about this are not the women going through the, the menopause. It's usually a decision maker who I'm talking to on behalf of the company. And more often than not, that decision maker isn't going through the menopause. Therefore, it's not even on their radar. So they have an assumption that, oh, my God, this is going to be uncomfortable. It's, you know, it's going to be very detailed. And, you know, so they're, they're sort of closed off to it. So you, you've got to get in the door there anyway. And I do that by letting them know there's, there's nothing uncomfortable coming in their way. And once I remove that fear and dread, you know, you've got a conversation going then. Yeah. And the, the reason I said to you earlier, I do this online is because what I discovered through my research is that um managers you know they don't want training that is in a group session that is one-to-one -one, you know or that the training with their colleagues or heaven forbid training with the women who are going through the menopause because the truth is peter you know i hear people saying all the time we need to get a place where get to a place where talking about menopause is the norm okay Talking about menopause is never going to be the norm unless you're the woman going through it. And the reason for that is it's uncomfortable, it's highly complex, and it's very personal, you know? So I remove the myths that, you know, I don't browbeat them and say, yeah, we are going to talk about all the symptoms and we are going to talk about all the horrors because you need to know this. They don't need to know that. Yeah. What they need to know is how their people are impacted and how they can help them. So mainly... I settle everything down by letting them know it's not going to be detailed and personal. Okay, yeah, obviously that's of great comfort to um, to the people that you're working with. I, yes. I guess the thing that's interesting to me, given you know that this is not an area that I, I guess I have a great knowledge in, what percentage of a typical workforce uh, would be impacted by I guess menopause at a specific time? I mean, given obviously it's it's something that affects women and not men and um, typically affects women i guess at a certain age um, yeah. is it a fairly big proportion of a workforce at any point in time it's huge i mean one in eight women in the workforce are going through the menopause one in, um, one in eight one in eight yeah oh, that's and that's in, yeah that's substantial isn't it that's like yeah. 15 percent plus yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, what, and one in four will experience a very bad um, menopause transition. You know, lots of women sail through it, you know, without any interruption to their life. But yeah. many more, um, you don't have that uh, luxury of, of getting through it unscathed. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it has a huge impact. And when you, you know, the size of the female workforce is absolutely huge. Um, the biggest demographic uh, in the UK, in, in the United States, um, is that's growing is working women who are going through the menopause age. There are more women at work at 50 than in any other um, demographic in the workplace. So it's a big number. And I would suggest growing all the time as a percentage. 
Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. you know, the thing is, it, it you know, it's a natural phenomenon. It's not going anywhere. So to avoid it, you're not doing any good for your organisation. The thing is to address it. And I do have massive sympathy for organisations and for managers because, you know, we have an, an old, outdated narrative where people think, you know, it's a, it's a very unpleasant conversation and you, it, to, to make it work and to find remedies and solutions for the workplace, you have to go through all of this intimacy. And you really, the, there's no need to do that. That doesn't serve a manager. They don't need to know that detail. What they need to know is what's your problem? How is it affecting you at work? How can I help you? Yeah, and I guess people often get bogged down in the detail and as you say, they don't need the detail. They just need to know how to um, address the uh, the challenges as they come up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that's that's uh, really interesting. Um, the third question then is, what are the biggest challenges in dealing with menopause in the workplace that you uh, that your clients have? Um, the biggest challenge. Um, and, you know, I hate to say this, Peter, but it's absolutely true. The biggest challenge is there, there is a code of silence um, among women, okay? And the reason there is a code of silence is because there's, there's a lot of shame attached to it. And because, it, again, getting back to this outdated narrative, um, women think, and they're often right, okay, that, it, you know, if someone flags up that they're going through menopause, then everyone else in the workplace, especially managers and, and leaders, um, there is an assumption that this is an aging person, okay? Yeah, and yeah. she's overlooked for promotion. She may be seen as less than. She may not be given the tasks that she can, you know, she can normally rise to those challenges, but people without asking her can remove some of those tasks based on an assumption you know she's not going to be doing very well and you know let's just keep her out of the picture where this is going on and no woman wants to be perceived as that and while some women are very badly impacted at work and and do lose some of the competencies and competence for a time uh, if that does happen to them it's temporary and so what they need is help and support to get through that but the other part of that challenge is these same women who want the help and support and who are keeping a silence, um, they're asking the question, why is there no support in place for me at work? Well, how is a manager or an organization expected to know what you need if you don't tell them what you need? You know, yes. so you, you can see it's a dilemma, okay? Yes. And so for me, the answer to that is, for an organization is, the obvious answer because the training that's available is so limited they need to go to someone who experience this who yeah. knows how it impacts and and how you can help with that because one of the other challenges is um people think menopause training that immediately associated with women so there's wonderful training out there for women who are going through the menopause training and education but that's not what a manager needs, okay? So the first thing for an organization is to identify which type of menopause training they need because menopause training for women won't help a manager, okay? Yeah. If you give, if you give the women the education and training they need to take care of themselves and to improve their lives, but if you also give the managers the training that they need to understand what's going on, then they can come together and then they can form a menopause policy that, that works for the managers and for the women. But the one thing to get clear on is that both groups 
do not require the same training. And the problem we have is they're all getting the same training, more or less. You know, yeah. you, you have a menopause program for women and an organization will say, oh, do you do it for the workplace? And they'll say, yes, we do. And all they do is bring that same menopause training for women into the workplace. It's not a different type of training. So you're just on a treadmill, not really getting any further forward. Okay. And the, the worst part of that is, and again, in their defense, managers are very reluctant to do the training they don't want menopause training for women because it's uncomfortable and it's not very nice so it, we have to find a better way to give them the education and support that they need um, and to get the message out there that it's not the same as female menopause training it's it's paramount that we keep that up there and let them know there is a difference yeah. And do you find that discomfort, which might have existed earlier on, and which I think you're saying is now disappearing, that that's uh, really um, changing people's perspective and allowing people to feel less discriminated uh, against uh, if they, you know, are in fact in that demographic? Um, I think in... In fairness, it, it, certainly in this country, a lot of the huge organisations, for example, um, our police forces, our yes. fire services, big companies like that, they are leading the pack in, in terms of what they're bringing into the workplace. But, you know, they, they are big organisations. When you think about the smaller to mid-size, um, we're, we're very lacking there. And, of course, there are many big organisations, uh, especially where the directors are all middle-aged men, um, yes. that were feeling miserably at it uh, again i can understand it's the outdated narrative it's the discomfort but you know we're, we're at a stage now where they've got to open their eyes to this because uh you know women are demanding more help with this and they don't want help with bells and whistles they want very discreet very private health so help so it's not as though they're shining a light on their organizations where they have to do something really really uncomfortable it's normally at the top level where there's an assumption it's going to be uncomfortable so we'll put that at the bottom of the priority pile and we'll deal with it when we have to you know yeah. where what, yeah. what would be wonderful is for them to get on it and deal with it now. And yeah. instead of waiting till the wheels come off, don't let the wheels come off. Deal yeah. with it. Be surprised and delighted by how easy it is. Yeah. And then you've done it. And then because you know a menopause policy for a workplace is not a one size fits all. It depends sure. what your workplace is. But once you have a roadmap into what to do, you can tweak that for yeah. your organization and make it to you. Yeah. And I guess, you know, to your point earlier. Uh, the more organisations talk about this and the more it becomes mainstream, uh, I guess the more comfortable managers become and uh, the less uh, people who are going through it will be discriminated against. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you consider, if, if women um, learn everything they need to know about themselves and then the managers learn all about how these women are being impacted. And of course, very importantly, Peter, it's not just the women who are impacted, you know, people are affected by someone else's menopause and you can be in a workplace where if you have a woman 
God bless her, who's going through really bad symptoms, that can become a very toxic workplace. Um, yes. Because especially if you're, if you're affected by it mentally, you know, often you lose your filter and yeah. where you would ordinarily be very much aware of social norms, etc. you know, you can become rude, bad-tempered, agitated, and, you know, for your colleagues, <clears throat> if they've had no explanation or they have no understanding, you know, they all become very uncomfortable and, and productivity decreases and yeah. staff morale is because you've got this person who is all over the place you know and yeah. really affecting yeah. and of course men men are badly affected as well because if they have a wife or partner who's going through the menopause and again if she's having an extremely difficult time men can be very distracted you know worrying about her ringing home to see if she's okay dreading going home because you know things are not the same sometimes yeah. when People, when women are just simply exhausted and don't know what's happening to them, you know, they may not want to cook at home, they may not want to do the things they normally do at home, they're not connecting with their children, they just can't be bothered with it. So it, it isn't a woman's issue, and that's a big mistake. Yes, the symptoms fall onto the women and they are mainly impacted, but the fallout from that can be absolutely massive. Yeah. And the sad thing around that is when there's a massive fallout going on in the workplace, the majority of people don't know what's happening. They just yeah. think this person's too nasty. And, and so it leads to a very uncomfortable workplace. Yeah. And I guess, you know, how the discussions and the narrative are happening and, and hopefully improving it's probably not totally different with how the whole, um, I guess, um, ha having maternal and, and paternal leave in the workplace has played out over the last 20 to 30 years, where, you know, it's now commonplace and uh, fathers are more involved in rearing the children, there's more awareness of it, and it's changed yes. the whole uh, workplace. And one would hope over time, as you say, with the increasing percentage of women who are impacted by menopause increasing yes. that that awareness will happen you know across all things that impact women uh, more specifically than men and you know the workforce will become more tolerant of of people who ha have different uh, you know afflictions or uh, or, yes. or challenges on account of the gender yeah and of course what you've got to remember is for for an awful lot of these women who are going through menopause they're often at a stage of their career where they're at the top of the game you know yeah. they're often directors and leaders themselves yes. and so because it's so closed off especially when you're at high level the the amount of women who choose to leave work because there's no support in place for them you know uh, we're losing our top talent you know yeah. just like running down the drain and so we have to save that because even though a woman a woman may have some dreadful challenges and may have some bad experiences at work because of the menopause the the one guarantee is she will come back from that yeah. can't guarantee what day and what time but yeah. she will come that with all her skills and all her fabulousness and all her talent so yeah. what her employers need to do is you know make sure this the support there for that transition whether that needs to be some time off whether that needs to be some uh, flexibility in the workplace whether that means that this director <clears throat> won't do any big pitching or any big presentations for the company during this period because you know if she has brain fog or freezes for yeah. the moment or complete memory lapse then you know instead of worrying about that happening in the boardroom then maybe take some of that pressure off 
that person for that time. So those embarrassing experiences um, don't happen for the woman and for the organization. Yeah, and I think a point that I took from what you've just said is that a lot of the people who are going through this phase uh, are at the top of their game and the workforce simply can't afford not to have them actively participating in the workforce. Of course, and and when you think about it, at the last count, Peter, I think my information, the, the latest data I have is from 2018, but when you think about to, re to recruit someone at, at that level, if you've lost them, you're looking at a minimum of £30,000 to, to yes. bring someone else on board. The, yes. And including the time factor, depending on where that person was in the organisation, you know, to bring them up to that level. Yes. So, you know, rather than uh, incur costs of £30,000 every time, get some support in place so that you don't lose this fabulous talent and yeah. that she is supported through it privately and discreetly, yeah. knowing that her job is still there because the guarantee is she will come through the other side. Yeah, yeah. And look, I think, unfortunately, a lot of these changes are brought about by, I guess, uh, regulations. You know, I find uh, you know, in, in big organisations in Australia, uh, there's a lot of gender balancing going on in, in, in boards because, uh, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, old um, uh, practices in terms of, as you said, you know, male-dominated boards. And as long as you're not including, you know, all elements of the workforce equitably, uh, you're going to have these um, these situations, and you know I think uh, everyone uh, is cheering along for for this gender balancing to happen, so that all these people have the same opportunity to participate in the workforce. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, moving on to the fourth question, uh, Dee, uh, what benefits have you seen for clients who have adopted your online training uh, tool? Um, well, it gives them a sound level of knowledge without them having to be experts. You know, people think you to, to deal with menopause, you have to be a medical expert or a clinical expert. You don't. Uh, it removes the embarrassment and the discomfort for them. And But the most important benefit, um, which is intentional on my part, is that this, I go back to this again, Peter, um, but you know, it, you've got the menopause training for women and you've got the menopause training for managers and through menopause, you know, they meet in the middle so yeah. that everyone is singing from the same hymn sheet, you know, and okay. that is the big benefit, yeah. So the, the, the course that you offer, is that primarily a training? Is it educational or is it yes, um, a communication sort of process? It's training and it's it's education and it's information. Okay, it's I, I do it in a way which is all born from my research. The whole thing is pre-recorded. Okay, because okay. what managers have said is, you know, don't put me in a room with other people, don't put me in a room with the women I'm going to work with every day because I can't unsee what I've seen, I can't yeah. hear what I've heard. That's because they've got this preconception that it's going to be awful, you know. Yeah. Because the thing is, uh, it's so important to. To look at it from a manager's point of view, why put a manager, male or female, in an uncomfortable position? They're never going to learn if they're feeling uncomfortable. They're not going to absorb the information. Okay, yeah. so it's information based and it's it's a transformational program as well, which transforms how they do things in the workforce. So it's, um, you know, you access it online. It, it's on demand. Yes. It's two hours. 
and they are happily, you know, wherever is their happy place, they're behind their laptop or whatever device they choose, and they do the course from there. So they're not in a training room, you know, they're not with other people, they're removed from that discomfort. So it's on-demand training. And it, there's no, you know, I don't go online and have a chat with them. It's all pre-done. So okay, they download. So it's completely private. Yeah, yeah completely private. And because <laughs> it, it's a fact, Peter, that, you know, these managers, they want stealth mode when they're doing this. And yeah. I support them in that because yeah. wouldn't you rather deliver training in the way that they want then force them into something that they don't want, won't enjoy. And, yeah. the, and by that, it follows naturally that they won't absorb that information. But if yeah. they get into it and then they say it's not the horror story that they thought it was going to be. And they all come up, you know, uh, the men mainly contact me and go, Dee, I had no idea that this was what was it about this yeah. is what it was about and i feel so much more comfortable now i regret that i haven't done anything about it earlier i assumed it was going to be medical you know and um and so they're always very grateful and very relieved i have to say peter that it's yes. not what i thought it was going to be yeah i'm sure um you know being a guy myself um you know there's a lot of misconceptions um about concerning um, you know, subjects like this. And I'm, I'm sure that, as you say, for many, it's a great relief that there's a tool that allows people to uh, get the necessary education they need. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'd like to add to that as well, Peter. More importantly, what I've managed to do is, because it's such a complex and huge issue, okay, most of which is not required by managers in order for them to support their people at work, okay? Yeah. But I've managed to distill it all down in a way that what could have been an incredibly difficult conversation or mm -hmm. one that assume is going to be difficult, that it boils down to this, that a woman going through the menopause, once menopause training has been completed, yes. they can have a, the manager... And the employee can have a very simple conversation. For example, you have a woman say to a manager, um, I have a menopause related problem that's making me late for work every morning. I need some help with this. How can you help me? You know, yeah. and the manager can say, what, what is it you want help with? And she can say, would it be possible to have some flexibility with what time I arrive at work every morning? Yes. That's as big as the conversation needs to be. Uh, yeah. to, to get the rolling and it can be left at that for the manager to say can I come back to you tomorrow yeah let me you know, let me look at what hours you're looking at or what kind of flexibility you need let me see if I can work around that that's not a difficult conversation there's no, no conversation yeah. symptoms yeah. or anything like that and so but it's like everything else Peter to get it down to that small um, workable situation you have to sift out all of the excess and yeah. that's what meant yeah, so yeah. they're working on a need-to-know basis. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, Dee, just moving on to the fifth of our questions, um, do you have any quick tips or takeaways uh, that the audience could implement straight after the show? Are there any things, um, you know, that managers or people who work in organisations where they feel this has not been done in a way that's sensitive, um, you know, can go about changing that? Um, well, the the first thing I would do, Peter, is to say if you, if your listeners want to go to my website, which is menacourse.com, on the so front could you page just spell it uh, for the audience? Yes, it's M E N 
M-E-N-O-C-O-U-R-S-E.com. Menocourse.com. And on the homepage there, there's a downloadable free uh, report on the impact of menopause on the workplace, how much it's costing the workplace and yeah. what you can do about that. And so that's that's free and, and that's available now. So I recommend yeah. that you do that. And I further recommend that if they're not the decision maker, but they want something done about this at work, then share it with the decision maker, you know, let yeah. them know that this is available. And I'm assuming the obvious um, approach is this applies equally to women in all countries. It's not like many areas of, um, I guess, of the work we do where the approach is different in different countries. I mean, your course, for example, or your tool uh, applies equally to women in any country. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, it's a tool that can be worldwide. I, I would add to that, Peter, that in other parts of the world, um, you know, not as not as much forward movement um, has been achieved yet. So maybe yeah. they wouldn't be so open to it, you know. Yeah. But certainly in the Western world, um, it, it's moving ahead in, in leaps and bounds. And, yeah. you know, I want with menopause, I want to keep them going in the right direction. And yeah. while I'm a huge advocate of menopause training and education for women, yeah. um, I'm equally an advocate of this for managers because we can't keep browbeating managers for not giving women support when managers are not being supported themselves. Yes, absolutely. And as you say, a lot of these managers wouldn't have the knowledge to be able to provide for their staff in a meaningful way on a subject that they might not be familiar with or have yeah, personal and, experience with. Exactly. And and why would they, if you think about their day-to-day -day life as a manager, Peter, yeah. where would yeah. menopause be on their radar, on their universe, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Just wouldn't unless it's something that's brought to them or unless, you know, they're aware there's a menopause problem. But, you know, let's not leave these managers hanging where they're in a position where they go, good God, I know there's a problem with menopause. I don't know how to help. I don't know yeah. what to do. You yeah. know? And so... But these women need support at the point of need. They haven't got time to wait until a company takes six or 12 months to put something together because they're yeah. going through a crisis now and they yeah. need that support now. Yeah, yeah. No, that uh, makes perfect sense. Um, Dee, another thing, and we've partly covered this, if people wish to contact you, so you have given us details of how to find information on the MenaCourse tool uh, through your website. But do yes. you have uh, a preferred method of communication if someone wanted to reach out to you directly? Um, well, my favorite place, uh, yes. obviously I'm, I'm, I'm busy with my business most of the time, but sure. I, I check in regularly with LinkedIn. Okay. So I, you can find me on there, D. Coxon on LinkedIn. So it's um, just D-double-E Coxon, C-O-X-O-N. Yes. And how many D. Coxons are there on LinkedIn? Is it- um, Well. Not many. <laughs> okay, so they, they would find you quite easily if they went searching yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah, actually, I think I'm down as D. Coxon MA, which might make it easier to find. MA, okay. Yeah. Okay, and so if someone were to reach out to you uh, through LinkedIn and mention that they'd uh, heard this conversation uh, on, the, on the podcast, uh, yeah. you'd be quite happy to engage with them and, uh, and see if you're able to help them in any, any way. 
Absolutely. And if they didn't want to reach out on LinkedIn, they can email me, yes. which is um, hello, H-E-L-L-O, at menacourse.com. Excellent. Well, that sounds very easy. So, yeah, thanks for making yourself uh, so accessible. I'm sure, uh, you know, this is something that is going to increase in uh, in visibility. And uh, obviously, the work you do is going to help that process. Um, so, look, um, I guess uh, from my perspective, Dee, I, I really just wanted to thank you uh, for being um, a guest on the show today. Um, I guess it doesn't, it's not necessarily intuitive or I wouldn't have thought for a, a guy, as in my case, uh, speaking to a woman about a subject of which I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have as much knowledge as I should. Uh, but the reason for getting you on today is to try and educate myself and hopefully some people who might be listening in today. So, you know, I really appreciate you handling you know, a fairly delicate matter in a, in a very sort of um, honest and open way. And uh, I think if people can understand that, you know, all women and women make up at least 50% of the population uh, yeah. will struggle with this in some way during the course of their lifetimes, it's, it's obviously an imperative that we all have a better understanding of, of the impacts of it. Absolutely. And would it be fair to say, Pisa, that in talking to you today, I didn't make you feel uncomfortable? No, not at all. I think it's a matter of Thank having you. an open mind. You know, yes. 30, 40 years ago, it was unheard of for men to, for example, attend the child, the birth of their child, and now it's common practice. And I think it's dispelling yes. the myths that we've inherited from previous generations. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, um, just in closing, this is Peter Crew Brown signing off from episode 12 of the Mind Over Matters podcast. Thanks for joining us.